What's going on, everybody, and welcome to 100% Real with Alex. And today we have a very special guest. Um, he is one of the top 20 under 40. Uh, he is a top producing agent out in Long Island. So he's a wealth of knowledge that I can't wait to share with you guys. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Best believe, best believe. We the best, yes indeed, yes indeed. Best believe, best believe. We the best, yes indeed, yes indeed. What's up, man? How are you? Hold on. How you doing? Good. I was like, you popped on. I was like, there's nobody there. <laughs> I was just grabbing some water. Oh, good. It's all good. How are you guys holding up? Pretty good, man. How about you? Hey, everything's good. Can't complain. Yeah, man. I mean, for, for us, it's been like, we've, we've been doing a lot of video, a lot of content, like trying to stay busy as possible. Uh, we just released like 20 free educations. So, you know, uh, busy, brother. how about you? Yeah. Um, no, I've been following along. And, and I think uh, one of the most important things is you guys are putting out like good, relatable content. I mean, even you like, like day trading and doing that kind of stuff. Like for me, you know, I'm on Instagram and I'm, I'm skipping everybody's stories. Right. But for me, when I watch your guys' stories, like I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm actually watching them. Like I, you know, kind of engage with them in my own head. Like you getting your haircut, same thing. <laughs> I appreciate that. Brother. That really means a lot to me, especially you like, you know, doing your thing out there. I can't believe that, you know, you were just doing some, some virtual showings. Yeah, yeah. So um, luckily, the virtual thing, I mean, it's the same thing for you guys. Like, you guys are very tech savvy, video savvy. Like, you have the confidence to go out and, and do these kind of uh, the Zoom calls or the FaceTimes. So luckily for me, being younger and kind of like growing up with a phone in my hand, I'm already like used to this kind of stuff. Okay. So for me, it's not like a, a big transition. It's kind of just like business as usual in a way. So luckily from all like the virtual showings and like the FaceTimes and stuff that we're doing, we're still doing a good amount of business, which is like, you know, God bless, knock on wood. Of course, it's down from like what we're normally doing. You know, like instead of twelve to fifteen deals, we're doing five, six. Yeah, so it's definitely it's still like, down, but still a deal, man. To be honest with you, like right now, um, you know, you, we're taking what we can get, right? Yeah. Oh, yep. sure. Um. So for those of you who do not know Dan O'Neill, right? Tell us a little bit about your story. Tell us about where you're coming oh, from. Crap. We're live. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, we've been live from the beginning. I, I keep it hundred percent real. That like. Oh wow, damn, dude! I thought we were just chopping it up. Holy crap. <laughs> Um, that's so funny. All right. Well, hello everybody. Um, yeah, my name is Dan O'Neill. Uh, I guess we're going right into this. Um, I'm 26 years old, just turned 26 uh, in February. Um, I've been in the real estate business for two years now. Um, I got my license, um, two Februarys ago, so 2018. Wow. And, um, I just closed on, I think like deal 107 or 108, um, for those first two years. I now have my own team of, uh, of agents that work alongside of me. Um, I think I have about eight people that are working with me that are friends, that are, um, you know, people that are similar in age as me. Um, and they're doing amazing as well. And how I got started in the business, basically, um, I was working in the hospitality industry. And for me, I just wasn't really happy with where I was uh, at that time. You know, even though I was younger, um, and you still have time to figure it out. And that's what everybody tells you. I was somehow like a general manager of the restaurant mm. that I shouldn't have been like, I should never, <laughs> never was the least qualified person, you know, went from bartending to being a GM, doing P&Ls and all this kind of stuff. So I was literally working my finger to the bone, um, you know, 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. every single day. I would work till like 10 p.m., then take like a half hour off and then work the nightclub as a, like a bartender, you know, to help out because we were short staff. Seven days, in a, you know, seven days a week. It was basically like 70 hours. It was, it was insane. So I was becoming like very unhealthy. I didn't like it. Um, I didn't like the person I was becoming. I wasn't doing anything for my community. I was working my fingers to the bone for somebody else. So like, I was just constantly unhappy with, with the situation. 
Luckily, a buddy of mine worked for um, AMD Mortgages or Mortgage. I'm sorry. Um, and in his uh, mortgage circle was somebody that um, a broker owner of Weikert Realtors. Okay. So he kept telling me, "Hey, listen, man, if you're unhappy, like you should get into sales. You should get into real estate. Blah blah blah." So one day I just went to their, you know, open house for new agents. Honestly, just kind of blacked out, got my license. And, uh, <laughs> just woke up with a license and closing 100, 100 deals? Yeah, honestly. Um, it, it feels like it's been forever. It feels like it's been 10 years. But it really was just so natural how everything happened. I didn't like where I was at. I wanted to make a change. I would get home every single night after working a 15-hour day and do my real estate class. I would watch YouTube videos. I would teach myself literally before I even had my license. I was prospecting before I had my license. Might get in trouble for that. Don't know. Um, you know, I was doing stuff. So that way, listen, with the day that I get my real estate license, I'm going to be 10 steps ahead instead of it being, okay, I just got my license today. Now today is day one. It was like, I got my license t today and I'm already 30 days ahead of the curve. Yeah. I was handing out business cards. I was going down to the steps, you know, for the foreclosures and handing out investors or new investors, my business card. And in their mind, they think I'm, you know, I come in a nice suit and <laughs> a nice dresser the way that you are. So they think I'm, I'm Mr. You know, 3000. They think I've already done hundred deals. Meanwhile, I don't know. I don't even know what a sales agreement is. Yeah. So, you know, luckily a few people took chances on me that really didn't know the difference um, and just kind of built it up from there. And I love this business. So, yeah, man. I mean, to be honest with you, that's probably a, the, the most positive story. So your first year you actually did business that you were already hitting the, the pavement, doing your thing. Uh, what did your um, prospecting mix kind of look like now? Are you mainly doing cold calls or are you like, what, what do you usually do? We, we could do an entire pot. I mean, it could probably be like a sitcom or like a legitimate comedy <laughs> sketch on some of the experiences that I've had in terms of like uh, prospecting. Mm -hmm. So when I first got my license, nobody gives you, nobody gives you business, right? Like I just said, one of the first things I did was I went down to the town steps and I handed out my business card, right? So when I first got my license, it was, it still is, but even more so then was just prospect, prospect. That's all I did all day long was educate myself and prospect. So back then, um, I used to, I was very, very heavy on for sale by owners. Um, so what I would do is basically, and again, uh, I can't jump for this. I used <laughs> okay, to, okay. It's, 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 listen, it's I'm sure people can relate. So I used to call for sale by owners and say that I had a buyer and I would bring my father. I would bring my dad to these houses and keep in mind, my father owns a landscape and masonry company. Uh, and it's called O'Neill and Wellishar. So his name, my name is on his truck. Mm -hmm. So it worked out pretty well. Like I actually got a couple of listings from it, you know, when I first got my license. And then one day um, I go to this house and it's a beautiful house in Smithtown, the area that I wanted to service. And I'm like, dad, just walk through the house. Don't say anything. Like just, just act like you're a buyer. Just act normal. My dad's always in there, like turning the sinks on. He's in the shower, like running the water, you know, like blatantly not like a buyer, like blatantly he's in construction, you know? Yeah. So long story short, we're at, we're at this house and a uh, beautiful, beautiful house. And the guy starts to catch on. Turns out he's a detective at the precinct. Looks outside, sees my father's truck, O'Neill and Wellishar, puts two and two together that it's my, my dad. And long story short, that guy was like respected the hustle so much from me and from what I was doing. Gave me that listing, has given me probably 10 other listings, maybe even more, and continues to refer me business within his precinct just because of how hard I was hustling and he respected it. So there's so many different funny stories that I could come up with, but really the biggest thing is you have to go out and get the business yourself. I'm sure the same way that you would agree Nobody's going to come to you and say, Hey, here's the listing or here's this. You really have to go out, especially, especially in the beginning and get your own business and prospect. And then listen, yeah, you know what, as you continue in the, in the business and you do the right thing by people and you, um, you know, constantly um, make sure that you are following through on your promises, then your referrals will start to come in. 
and maybe you can spend a little bit less time on, on the prospecting or the cold calls or the expires if that's what you don't like to do. Gotcha. So, so in regards to your specific team, right, are you mainly like listing centric and everyone else is buyer centric or like how, how are you running your team right now? So I think that everybody should really be like a hybrid. Um, that's kind of, um, you know, the way, the best way that I would put it. I think everybody should be a hybrid, but I also think that some people kind of fall into um, like a niche role, maybe more so than others. And I think for me, um, I kind of fell into like a listing niche, which was totally on accident. And it was just because I didn't, you know, I was 25 years old. I didn't really know many people that were buying. And, you know, before people can trust you, you know, no one's going to come up to you and say, hey, listen, I know you just got your real estate license. Like, I want to I want to buy with you. Right. And unless it's friends, family or somebody else mm-hmm. that you know in your sphere of influence. So for me, it kind of was just like, hey, I'm really good at marketing. I'm good with social media. I took a liking to the listing side of things and I was very listing heavy and I still am more so. But I would say that everybody on the team right now is a hybrid. They all are getting their own listings, which is amazing. They're all also doing buyer deals too. So I would say they are buyer's agents, but they're more of hybrids. Um, I try and get everybody on my team a listing within the first 30 days. And I just had somebody, James Cashin, who's been on my team now for two weeks, just got his license. He got his first listing, just took photos yesterday. Awesome, awesome. Uh, That's con- congratulations to, to you said James. James. Yes. <laughs> congratulations, James. <laughs> Um, so in regards to, so basically your team is kind of like self-organized. That's kind of how I run my team as well. So Mm -hmm. like I have people obviously that I would refer my buyers to. Um, Mm -hmm. but in regards to like, you know, I kind of, I I let everybody do their own thing because I shouldn't be dipping into their pockets when it comes to their, their deal when it, if they had their own listing or whatever, maybe, but I like the fact that you're kind of letting people grow in their own direction. Yeah. I mean, listen, I I think that the team uh, the, the way that teams are now in real estate, I think it's the, the current and the future as well. Um, the way that I look at it is I got my real estate license, right? And I was making X as a split. Let's just say it was 50-50 with my brokerage, right? Mm-hmm. I wasn't getting, they did an amazing job for me when I first got my license, but you know, you're not getting the leads that you do as if you're on a team. You're not getting the, the open houses. You're not getting all of the advantages and the pluses that come with a team. Mm-hmm. And you're still getting the same split, essentially, you know, yeah. in theory, right? So I think for me as a new agent, I think that the smartest thing to do right now is to, when you get your license, is to jump on a team, have somebody train, you have somebody mentor, you have somebody provide leads for you, have somebody to do the open houses if we're ever allowed to do open houses again. <laughs> you know, a, a big bonus is for, for the people on my team too is I'm getting a lot of listings, right? Mm. And that you do. So now they can all post that on their social media. They don't have to say it's my listing. They don't have to say it's their listing. Go, you, you can just post the listing as, as a listing, right? And now the consumer or people on your social media pages see that and they immediately associate you as like the go-to real estate person. Look at all these amazing, awesome listings this person's putting out. They're going to call you for if they want to buy or if they want to sell or if they know somebody and you constantly stay top of mind. So in my opinion, like if, if my little brother was getting his real estate license tomorrow, I would tell him to find a team in his local area, do some research and hop on board. Mm-hmm. 100%. Actually, that's what uh, was the question. So if you had to recommend one piece of advice, which you just kind of did, um, where would you point a newer, uh, a newer agent, right? Like obviously you would say join a team, right? Um, is there any other like recommendations you would say for someone who's kind of like, not even day one, maybe they're just thinking about getting their license. What would yeah. you recommend for them? I would say to just to constantly educate yourself. Um, what I think the biggest problem is and what a lot of people or a lot of agents struggle with is confidence, right? And confidence stems from experience or from education. So if you're not uh, educated on a certain topic or subject, right, and you're lacking somewhere, mm-hmm. you then lose the confidence. And when you're speaking to somebody, they can tell right away that you don't know what you're talking about. They can tell right away that you're 
uneducated or unconfident and they can sense that. So if me and you are both agents, right? And somebody's, and maybe we, we both know the consumer, but I'm like a very uh, timid. I don't really know. I'm not very educated. I'm not articulating what I want to say, but you are, and you're, you're Mr. Johnny on the spot. You know, everything you're confident, even if what you're saying is BS. And what I'm saying is the real deal. They're probably going to go with you because it's a way that you're coming off. Mm-hmm. So for me, I was like literally every night on YouTube, every night on Tom Ferry podcast, everything, constantly educating myself. So that way, when the time did come, I at least thought I knew what I was talking about, <laughs> or I was confident enough in you know what I was saying that it made sense and people like listened, you know. And I also think that surrounding yourself with a team, not necessarily an agent team, but your uh, lender, your title person, your attorney. Um, your, your inspector, having all of these people on your side and making sure that they do the right thing by your clients, that is like, has helped my business 1 billion percent. Because I'm sure you have the same thing where there's lenders that know you guys are doing well. Hey, they call you up. Oh, you, you want a jet ski? You want this? You want that? <laughs> and, you know, or like, hey, give me, you know, whatever these people are saying, right? But in my opinion, you do the right thing. You don't accept any of those stuff. You don't work with those kinds of people. You work with people that, I don't need to get any sort of money or referrals or kickbacks. I just want you to do a good job by my client. And that will go a million times further than you cutting corners to try and make a quick buck. hundred percent. And I also feel like, um, like that, that was a huge sw- switch for me as well. Cause obviously my first year I actually didn't do well. My second year is when I started picking up and yeah. mindset shifted. So instead of becoming someone who, wanted something out of the mortgage professionals or wanted something out, I became more of a referrer of business. Right. So once you like give just naturally, you're eventually going to receive, like I was giving, um, like, obviously like, I, I don't, I know I'm not divorced. I never got, I'm not married yet. Will be, but I'm not married right now, but like, I don't really know anybody that was getting divorced. Right. But I, I met a divorce attorney once at like a networking event and then I got someone was telling me about a friend who's divorced and I re- referred him. He really appreciated it. And then he referred me a listing down the line. Right. So like, it's yeah. all, it's all like, you know, you have to be able to give without the expectation of receiving sometimes and it will come around. It really does. hundred percent. And I think that, you know, the better, the better people that you surround yourself with, I, like I said, I can't even tell you how much it's improved my business because now all of your, your clients, your, your consumers, right. They're using these people. They love them. You know, they're happy with the referral. What are they going to do now? If everyone's happy at the end of a transaction, at the end of a closing, they're going to leave you a great review. They're going to go and refer you to everyone that they talk to. Oh, we just bought a beautiful house. You know, you got to use my guy. Or, hey, we just sold. We're going down to Florida. But if you guys want to come join us, this is my guy. He did a great job. So you want to make sure that you leave the lasting impression and you want to make sure that you're surrounded by everybody. And the same thing, like you said, I was always like, well, what are you doing for me? Or what, what can you do for me? And the day that I just kind of like, it's, it's switched where it's like, you know what? Don't do anything for me. What can you do for my clients? That was the day that like now my phone, I could, I could be sitting on here all day with you chopping it up and my phone will probably ring three or four times of people that, Hey, we want to buy or Hey, we want to sell. That's awesome. That's really, really awesome. So in regards to your, your, cause obviously you're still relatively new, right? You're, you're crushing it, but you're relatively new. Um, the, in your, would you say your first six months, right? What would you say is the biggest mistake you've made? Right. The hardest thing that the hardest lesson that you've had to learn. Um, the hardest lesson in my first six months was probably counting my money before uh, I got it at the closing table. That's a good one. hundred percent. We all do that shit. And you know, now even more so it's, it's tough, but you know, if you have the right team, like, so in the very beginning I didn't, so I would put something under contract and 
I didn't have the right people around me. So I had deals that died. And in your first six months, like I basically saved up my first three months worth of rent and don't write in the real estate. Didn't, didn't work. You know, like it was sink or swim. So now I'm like, okay, I got money coming in. I did a couple of deals. Thank God. And those deals died because of the attorney, because of the lender, whatever, whatever. So I counted that money. Like it was in my pocket. It was rent. It was this, it was that. And it was a very big letdown. And it just happened to somebody on, on the team, you know, with me now. And my biggest piece of advice was if you sit there and you dwell on it or you let it affect you or you let it, um, you know, affect the way that you interact with people, you start selling desperate, you still start selling um, anxiety ridden, people are going to notice that and see that and they're not going to want to work with you. The best thing to do is if you have a situation like that, or maybe you're struggling your first six months, wake up one day, breathe in, breathe out, forget it, pretend that is your day one. Pretend like none of that happened. Pretend like none of those six months even existed. This business is amazing because you can wake up tomorrow and be at brand new. You could start fresh. You could be at yeah. zero. And you don't have to worry about any of the stuff that happened the six months or the day before, nothing. And that's what I try and do every single day. Is, and I tell the, my, my teammates as well, just wake up. Don't dwell on it. Don't think about it. Pretend like it never happened. There's nothing you could have done. It was out of your control. Move on. Yeah. And I think as a new agent, we tend to get hung up on, why is this guy doing that? Or why is this person doing this? You can't compare yourself to anybody. It's, everybody has a different experience. Yeah. I could be in this business five years and not do one deal. All of a sudden, my sixth year, do 100 deals. You know, same thing. You struggled in your first year, but did great in your second year. So everybody is different. Everybody's journey is different. I would just say stick with it and don't count your money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 100%. I, actually, I, I love that because, like, everybody's journey is different, right? There's no, there's no going to be, like, there's not going to be one specific path that everybody's going to go on, right? Mm -hmm. your, your path was two years. You came in, but you were already hustling beforehand, right? Mm -hmm. There's going to be people that, you know, were in it for two years and then they're restarting after their second year. And it's like they're a new agent, right? Don't. For example, yeah, like Mike, um, this guy, Mike on my team, he, he just joined. He's uh, working with us now. He was in a different office for quite some time, didn't really do anything. And all it was was just a change of scenery. And now he's done two deals in his first 30 days. Yeah. You know, so sometimes it's just a change of scenery. And like, like you just said, you, you can literally struggle your first year or six months. And then all of a sudden it just, poof, can be a top agent. Yeah. It takes one deal. You do one, one deal, do the right thing, turns into two, turns into five, and so on and so forth, just like you said. Yeah, and sometimes it's just a, a mindset shift, right? Like you're, you're around the right people, so you feel like you, in order to be, you know, at a higher, you have to perform at a higher level just being around these people. It's like going from the D-League yeah. into the NBA. You have to, like, you have to, up your, you have to up your game, right? You're not with D-League anymore. You're in the NBA, so you have to approach your business more um, in a more professional manner. And I, I think, too, it's who you surround yourself with. You know, for me, um, I'll be the first one to admit when I was younger and I was in the restaurant business, right? It's, you're drinking all the time. You know, you, you get off your shift, you go out, you drink. Uh, Saturday, you know, Friday, Saturday, you go out, you drink. And I was constantly surrounding myself with people that were going out every night that were drinking. And listen, I was young, like, you know, I made mistakes, whatever it is, what it is. But every day you're waking up hungover, your brain's all scattered. So it was because I was surrounded by those people. Once I started to like kind of, notice the shift in my mindset started hanging out with the right people surrounding myself with the right people picking their brains now i mean if you go in my living room i got 40 bottles of wine but you know the day that you catch me doing that stuff anymore is, is long gone you know and it's because of who you kind of surround yourself with and i think that's a very big key yeah for sure for sure so um what is like the typical day well obviously the days have not been typical but what would be the like, let's say this all blew over and prior to this and then after this, what would be like a typical, typical day for Dan O'Neill? So before all this, I mean, it's honestly like kind of even hard to remember. I feel like this is like 
I feel like this has been going on for so long, you know? Yeah. Uh, every day is a little bit different. So one thing that I struggle with um, and, I, and I'm self-aware of is that I don't time block necessarily that great. So you listen to some people that are very successful. You look at their calendar. They have like 30-minute intervals. Of like, this is what I'm doing. Every Monday at 9.30, I'm going to cold call 100 people. Every Tuesday, I'm going to do this, blah, 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 blah. And they have every 30 minutes, you know, intertwined. I struggle with that. Um, I'm a little bit unorganized with my time in a way because I feel like this business is a little bit of a gun and run, right? Where it's like the wild, wild west. So like I can have something set for 9 a.m. All of a sudden I can get a call and poof, that appointment's gone. Or I can get a call and I have to be somewhere else or I have an inspection. So for me, it, it's kind of like a day by day, week by week kind of scenario. I, I'm always on call. You know, unfortunately I don't have too much of a work-life balance. You know, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m., 11 p.m., my brain's still going. I'm still answering calls, texts. Um, but my typical day, honestly, I try and wake up, get as much um, computer stuff done as I can, as much paperwork, as much listing, um, setting appointments, you know, Google Sheets, CRM stuff as I can. And then I try and block my afternoon off for just nonstop appointments, whether it's showings, uh, inspections, pre-listing appointments, um, everything and anything, you know, prospecting, door knocking. I try and block my afternoon off for all of these appointments and into the evening too, because most people get off work at five or six. So, um, you know, basically you get home at seven or eight o'clock at night, you do your last bit of follow-up and then post on social media and it's right back to the next day. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, so you kind of have like a, you kind of, if you thought about it, you actually have kind of like a, a time block, but you just don't have a specific, like yeah, specific little 30 minute block. So you have like morning admin duty and then, evening time, run and gun showings and everything that it's more of like a flexible type yeah. of time block. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, like, obviously like my, my personal schedule was like wake up early, work out personal time. Yeah. Then it's um, prospecting usually in the morning time until about 1130. And then usually that was when I was in production. Obviously I'm yeah. not in as production as I was before, but um, it would be from the morning time would be dedicated to finding new business or, following up right and mm -hmm. then after that would be all appointments and I, I kept it flexible right so if there's any admin duty i would get that done first like whether i have to drop off offering plan inspection whatever yep. scheduling all that stuff and then from there it would be flexible for showings and if i had nothing then i would try to call call again or something yeah and from my experience too like and what i've learned is if i sit there and try and block off every 30 minutes i'm going to drive myself insane because like I said, we can hop off this call right now and I'll look at my phone and I can, let's say I have appointments booked all night or I have something blocked off. Somebody could call me in the next 20 minutes and go, Hey Dan, we saw your sign or we got referred to you from, you know, Maria, whatever. Uh, we want to list our house. Can you come by tonight at five? And now I'm like, you know, I'm looking at my calendar and I got every 30 minutes is blocked off. So for me, I just try and, um, I'm flexible with it. You know, I just try and make sure that I do get my stuff done. I write every single day. I rewrite my to-do list. Like it's, probably a little bit OCD <laughs> like every day I rewrite it so that way I make sure I know what I have to do so I don't forget everything you know is, is uh, written down it's in my phone it's on my notes everywhere so that way I make sure that it gets done by the end of the day so whether it's eight o'clock in the morning or ten o'clock at night it's done cool. so so you would say the so your your biggest mistake was that you're not so organized with your time type of thing is that what you were saying I think my, I mean, listen, none of us are perfect and we never will be. Um, I think my biggest faults um, and that I'm self-aware of is A, I'm not very technologically advanced, if that's the right word. Um, so like, for example, you guys at um, 
um, where you guys are at eXp, you guys have tons of softwares, right? You have a ton of amazing platforms and software and very cool stuff that if you said to me, it sounds like you're speaking Spanish. Like I wouldn't even understand it. I, and by the way, I love Spanish music and <laughs> no, I mean, that's, the, that's that's the that's the truth sometimes I, I i'll be speaking about it and end up be speaking about it and people look at us like oh my god that sounds very overwhelming yes so that's kind of like how i feel about the different softwares and i'm not great at it so i try and um you know defer it to somebody else to help me with it um and then the same thing with with being time organized or, or um you know blocking off my calendar those i think are my two faults and something that i, I need to work on both mm -hmm. but there's only you know so much you can really do and we're not perfect but the software you guys have is everyone brags about it, talks about it. It sounds amazing to me. It's like a foreign language. Like I don't even, I wouldn't even know where to begin, you know? Sure. For sure. So um, what kind of CRM are you currently using? Like what kind of systems are you, do you have in place to kind of stay on top of all your contacts? Salesforce is what we, as to what yep. we use. Um, basically we just put all of our leads right into it, kind of just put them on the drip campaign. And I was late to, to that party of putting everything into CRM. So I've probably only been doing it for like a year now and I haven't really seen too many, too much results from it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it hasn't been something where it's like I'm, I'm having X, Y, Z or maybe like five to 10 people call me a month or a week, whatever. It's nothing like that. So it's again, something I definitely need to work on and it's something that I'm trying to educate myself further on. And now's the best time. Like, Oh yeah. This is the time. Day, for example, we were just talking about this, I guess it was on the live, but you're day trading, right? You probably yeah. have never done that before. Have you? Um, well, I used to trade back in the day but because of all this craziness and that I've been stuck at home, yeah, something that I've always wanted to dive into more, right? So yeah. I, I started taking classes. I started going to YouTube University and learning as much as I could. Awesome. I, moved, I moved my money into the investment accounts, did everything I had to do to kind of just fully dive into it every morning, you know? Absolutely. But see, that's, that's what I'm saying is now we have the time. So the excuse of like, you don't have the time to do something now is kind of out the window. Like now is the best time to teach yourself something. So for me, for example, that's going to be me doing the softwares and the um, CRMs and that kind of stuff. For gotcha. you, maybe day trading or maybe, you know, getting your hair cut and looking at <laughs> Superstar. Like it looks like you just got it done professionally, you know? Yeah, I mean, Amanda just redid it again. So she did a pretty good job. You did a really good job. I'm uh, never going to a barber again, by the way. They save stuff money, seriously. Uh, but you know, it, it's now is the time. If, if you want to do something, if you want to go get your real estate license, do it. If you want to become a broker, go get your broker's license, do it. If you want to learn about the softwares. This is a fault of mine. I should be doing, it. I should be on YouTube. I should be calling you. Hey, what is this KV core that you are <laughs> talking about? What is this, you know, the stuff you guys are going over. Yeah. So I think now is really the time to do it. hundred percent. I agree. Um, in regards to, um, your, your sales force, right? Do, do, do you use like default campaigns or do you like have your own specific type of drip that you created? So we use, um, it's a generic one from Coldwell that we're able to kind of customize and we just put them on. You can basically choose like different buyers or in different um, sections. So some of them might be like long-term drips where it's like, yeah, hey, they're not really ready for a couple of years. They have to fix their credit. Mm -hmm. Let's nail them once every three or four months. And then you have the people that are like, all right, well maybe they are going to buy pretty soon if they find the right house. So then we put them on a two week or a four week drip campaign. You know, we use certain platforms like Podio, like Slack, that kind of stuff. Um, that is really good for lead follow-up and, and drip campaigns. But like I said, there's, there's only so much that you can do. And for, for me, for example, I know what I'm good at and that's selling and that's communicating and, and building rapport with people and just, just being out in the field. Right. So I know that that's my specialty in social media. So I need to harp on those and focus on those and kind of defer out the things that maybe I'm not so good at or maybe I'm not familiar with because that's how you create the perfect or at least as close to a perfect machine as you can. Focus on what you're good at 
and send out what you're not and have somebody else help you out with that. Yeah, for sure. There's not 10 of you, like for you, for you probably the same situation. You know, yeah. you can only do so much. So that's just yeah. the way that I view it. So do you currently like work with an assistant where you delegate work to, or do you yeah. kind of still do that everything yourself type of thing? Uh, a little bit of mix of both. Um, I have somebody that does help me. They've helped me with the flyers and the social media and the CRM and, and those kinds of things. Um, it's not a full-time assistant. Um, I was probably gearing towards that uh, as this all kind of started. Mm -hmm. uh, it's getting to a point now where it, it's becoming a little bit tough, you know, especially with all the open houses and the appointments and you got to go put the, the signs out on the front lawn. So it was gearing up to becoming that. Um, but right now she's just kind of helping with social media and, and she's not really even an assistant by any means. It's just, she's helping me out with a few different things, um, social media wise, flyer wise, um, those kinds of things. So she's been a tremendous help, which is amazing. And I now see how important it really is, especially when you become, you know, when you're producing. So yeah, cause I would say my personal mistake was waiting too long to hire an assistant. Right? Am I, like, am I, um, like year three and four is when I was like more, the most productive you can say. Um, and during that time I, I had a hire assistant because I, I kind of try to skip the assistant and go buyer's route, like the buyer's agent's route. Yeah. So I have all these buyer's agents, but then I became the assistant to my buyer's agents. <laughs> so I had to hire somebody quick. And then for me, hiring was the hardest part because trying to find that right person. I yeah. actually had Lily Trent on. I don't know if you're familiar with who she is, uh, but she's a huge producer out in, um, in uh, Forest Hills, right? Like she's crushing out in Forest Hills. Uh, yeah. She closes so many deals. And she has a very like distinct way that she runs her team. I cannot wait to share it, but it's like she, everyone is in a specific line. And I feel like me and you have a very similar, similar way. It's like, listen, you do this, you do that. Hers yeah. is like very structured. Like her team is like, like they're like a, a kill squad. You can say like, they're like they're, <laughs> yeah, you know. some, some teams are like that. I have, I have somebody in my office that's the exact same way. Um, I think it really just comes down to how everybody meshes too. And, and the team leader or, not necessarily a team leader, but like you want to run it the way that you want to run it and the way that you see fit. I could see a totally different model and way to run it and I could be totally different. And mm -hmm. I see that firsthand with some of these other teams that I'm familiar with. So listen, some people it works, the Marine, you know, kill squad. And <laughs> people It works like it's uh, you know, kind of a, almost not a free for all, but you know, with having that leash and the, and the uh, luxury of being able to do what you want to do. Like, I don't think that you should ever be limiting anybody's creativity I don't think you should ever be, um, you know, telling somebody they can't post something, can't do anything. You should be as authentic and, and genuine as you can be. And for you guys, like I, we were mentioning it in the beginning, like I love your guys' content. Whereas I skip through probably 90% of my Instagram stories. Like I always stop and watch yours because I find it interesting. Thank you. Very much. You, guys are, you guys are genuine, right? Like, you know, you, the haircuts, the, the day trading, the, just everything you guys are doing, the trainings, it's all very genuine. And it's like, I, I almost feel like I know you um, without actually really having ever hung out with you, hung out with you. So I think that's why social media is so important and especially in our business or really sales in general, anywhere, you got to be genuine. And I think that's what it comes down to with the team too. Yeah. hundred percent. That's why I feel like, uh, personally, like people that just post, like, obviously we're in, we love real estate. We are going to do, we're going to continuously be doing real estate. Right. Yeah. But, um, people that only post one type of thing without giving like any personality of who they really are, they're going to struggle like on social media wise. Yeah. But, like me and Amanda get leads through social media all the time. And it's, and mind you, we're, we're not even in like, like traditional production, right? Mm -hmm. um, we usually hand it off to our buyers, agents. We do take, we still do take on listings ourselves, but um, we kind of have our own system of doing it. So we, we love, like we're actually helping other agents, but I guess 
people that are our future clients are like, okay, if they're qualified to teach other agents, they can probably help me out too. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, and, and they just love our personalities. Like, we're not, we're not being fake about it. They, sometimes I forget that, like, my clients follow me. And, like, one of my clients <laughs> have went to my, my lesson. Like, they went to us teaching about real estate agents, like, yeah. teaching other real estate agents. And they popped into our class. And they're, like, they're like our fans, which is weird. It's cool. Yep. I, I have the same thing. Sometimes, uh, you know, I'll have current clients that will reach out to me and, and message me or, like, they'll DM me or, like, they reply to my story. And, you know, it becomes a, a certain point where, like, you have to be careful. You don't want to post anything, like, foolish or, like, or silly um, to an extent. But you also want to be genuine into who you are. And the amount of leads that I get in my team as well from social media, it's, just, it's the future. It really is. Like, I always use Beth as a perfect example. Mm -hmm. Beth's social media, she can post a picture of her, of the wall outlet, and she'll probably get 120 likes, you know. And yeah. she's on a 99.9% .9 referral rate and as a top producer for the last 10 years to have that referral rate, you know, continue to happen is amazing. And it, it's a, a very big testament to like how she interacts with her clients. It's also a testament to social media and what it can do for you if using correctly. 100%. And I, I feel like the relationships are just the name of the game, right? If you, yep. you're, you're not just getting that one-time client, you're, you're developing relationships, right? Yep. And with that being said, not every relationship is a positive relationship, right? Yep. Just like anything else, like you have to be able to, to identify, okay, this person's this way or you know what I'm saying like we're not we're not mushing together really you know we're not getting along well maybe this is not someone that I want in my referral base because they're going to refer people that are like them right mm -hmm. so just being very um, cognizant of like this if this is your lifestyle it's a lifestyle right it's not it's not a one one time thing it's a it's a continuous evolution right yeah, for life it, it really is it, it's for life and especially if you want to succeed in this business and you want to be here for a long time you can't just look at it as a, as one transaction. It's, you know, every year you follow up, you know, every, every month, whatever, whatever it is for that specific client. Like I talked to, I would say a, a very high majority of my like past clients, like weekly, honestly, maybe sometimes daily on Instagram, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook, whether it's me texting them, calling them, Hey, I was just thinking about you. Like they become like friends, they're, they're friends and family and it, they genuinely do. Of course, there's some that like you wish you could fire in a way, <laughs> in the neck, you know, yeah. but, um, but majority of them, like you talk so much that you become like so friendly that they become friends and family. And it's, and it's the truth. You know, mm -hmm. it's not BS when we say that. Yeah, for real. And um, one, one big thing, like one of my clients is pregnant and they're expecting and I went to their wedding. You know what I'm saying? Like they literally oh. become part of your, your identity a little bit, right? Yeah. Uh, you get to go to barbecues and it's actually really, really fun. And I think a lot of people don't see that as the, the benefit of being a relative, right? They only, only see like, oh, I get to choose my schedule. But yeah, I mean, you're going to be working probably way more than you would at a normal nine to five sometimes absolutely i a hundred percent i work and it's you're always on call you're like a, it's like a surgeon or a doctor you know obviously you have the choice to not be but for me i i like to be available at all times you know even if i'm in the worst even if i'm in in somewhere that i shouldn't be answering a phone even if i'm in the middle of a movie theater you call me i'll miss the entire movie i'll be outside on the phone with you and that's just my mentality and maybe that'll change as i get older and i mature but Right now, like, you know, 8 o'clock in the morning, you call me, or 7 a.m. or 10 p.m., you know, I'm answering you. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I definitely see that because, like, when I was, like, in my younger, like, the when I was younger, I was definitely like that, too. I would, like, yeah. like there was even one time where I stepped out on Valentine's Day to take a call. Like, it's like <laughs> it, was, it was not, it was, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, you did yeah. <laughs> back then. Now, I'm at a different, like, in my mind, 
like and i'm not i'm not that much older than you i'm only 30 but mm -hmm. like things start changing right and you start like change your, your business evolves with you as a person and i'm i'm very grateful to actually speak to your mentality because i've also spoken to someone who's like been in it for 20 years right and their yeah. mentality is completely different like she doesn't really answer her phone for clients any time after a certain point she has a very structured like work-life balance now because at first she was very much like us where we're just like constantly yeah. answering the phone it doesn't matter i'll be like i was in the philippines like on vacation answering yeah. calls and, like trying to make deals work uh amanda could um, be a testament to this there was once that we went on a getaway to a tiny home and I had like one bar reception and it was only in this one section of the little tiny home. And I was literally <laughs> there just trying to, to make it happen in the yeah. corner. So like, you know, it's healthy, but it's like, it's fun, but like, you know, you also got to have that work-life balance eventually. Absolutely. Speaking to a couple of the senior, um, I wouldn't even say senior ages, but a couple of ages that are pretty high up in like, you know, YPN and LIBOR and things like that. You know, they, I was, I was talking to them last night about it and uh, I was like, Hey, listen, I gotta, you know, I gotta hop off this call. I have another one. It was like 8, 8 PM, 8 30. They're like, listen, we don't even answer our phone past seven. So I think it just become, you know, it, like you said, it comes with your mentality as you get a little bit older, as you get more experience, you can do those kinds of things. You have the ability and you have the control. Right now for me, like, I, I don't even necessarily mind it. You know, it, it doesn't, even, doesn't even, yeah, it doesn't even really like phase me. Whereas like some people are like, you're answering that call at like 10 o'clock, you know, you're texting somebody at 10 o'clock. You know, it's just, it's just my mentality now, but I'm sure that that will change. Like you said. Yeah, I mean, you know, and if it doesn't, it doesn't, right? Like, that's your, that's your story, that's your dream, that's how you're running your business, right? Yeah, then I think Grace, my girlfriend, will, will definitely break up with me, but, uh, <laughs> so, I don't know, I don't know, I can't be doing that, but we'll see. <laughs> um, in regards to, like, education and continuous education, do you have any specific books that you would recommend to anybody that has really helped you? I actually spoke to Lily, Lily Tran, she was talking about EQ instead of IQ, which is emotional intelligence and learning more about that, which I think is a, is a must, right? Do cool, yeah. uh, you have any specific like books that you kind of live by? Mine was always the four hour work week. Um, to yeah. first, like that was like a big one for me. That changed a lot of how I ran my business earlier on. Yeah. Before I was all energy based, but then I realized like I'm spending all day showing, but my conversion rate sucked, right? How yeah. can I like optimize what I'm doing? And that book helped me out. But what about you? Like, is there any books that you kind of live by or something that you like constantly yeah, read? Yeah. So that's really funny. You just brought this up. We were literally talking about that in my team group chat, like right before I hopped on with you. And uh, they asked the same thing, like, hey, is there any, any books that we should be getting? And I'm not a huge reader. Um, I, I'm, you know, I'm not. So my, the two books that I read that, I mean, I'm sure this is like the most generic answer ever, but uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad uh, really helped my mindset, really kind of um, shifted my, my mentality a little bit as to like how I want to uh, grow up, how I want to you know, spend and use money and invest and so on and so forth. And then the million dollar uh, real estate agent or million dollar agent by Gary Keller. Mm -hmm. That was huge for me in terms of like learning how to prospect and taking it to that next level. So like if you're the five to 10 uh, transaction agent a year, reading something like that, I think will, um, you know, kind of get that switch going in your head. And even, even if you take one thing from that book, that can easily take you from a 10 to a 15 or a 15 to a 30, you know, transaction agent. For me, I like listening to, to things a little bit more unfortunately like when i read i'll read like a chapter or like two chapters like physically read it think like you know and all of a sudden i'll finish it and i'm like i didn't even i didn't retain one word like, like <laughs> you know because I'm, I'm thinking about other stuff as i'm reading it you know yeah. I'm like what did i just read like i it's insane so now i like to just do like the audio books i like the podcasts i like the youtube stuff as i'm driving all across the island um tom ferry is, is a really good one um i did his training for a little bit 
So that helped. And um, just constantly educating yourself. It doesn't have to be anything specific, just sales, you know, scheduling, Tom Ferry, all, all of these, Gary V. I know a lot of people like Gary V. and I, I think he's pretty interesting too. Yeah. Um, just listen to these people and, and like the way that they speak and their mindset and their mentality and their outlook on life in general, um, I think just helps every day. Yeah. But yeah, so those are the two books. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, I feel like every successful person or every person that I've met that has made some type of shift in their life has read Rich Dad Poor Dad. I'm, I'm convinced. It's not any person that I've ever like interviewed or have been part of an interview where Rich Dad Poor Dad was not a, a basic read for somebody who wants to eventually become an investor yeah. right? or um, take control of their business. Um, in regards to your, this is one question I usually never ask, right? So this is a new one. Um, in regards to your, like an exit strategy, did you start with an exit strategy in mind? Like to retire and get out of the business? Yeah, or like build a team and then like eventually step, step out of production? Or are you like right now just focused on this phase and you're not really trying to think too far ahead? So, of course, I mean, everyone has those thoughts of what you want to do and what your goals are. And um, mine, when I first got started, was to have my own team have that as like the tryout and the resume builder then to your own office and then take the team or the office to another state or another you know area. Um, and I really wanted to do Charleston, South Carolina, mm -hmm. uh, very close to where I went to school, you know, where I went to college. So I love the town. I, I fell in absolute love with it. So that was always kind of like in the back of my mind is as something I wanted to do. And now the more that I get older, you know, the, the possibilities of it are a little bit slimmer. Um, and the, and the, I guess like logistics of it probably aren't as possible as I thought but the same way that I didn't think that I would be here in two years um it, it could change like that so I don't know the next five years maybe I could have something in Charleston or, or Miami or whatever the case mm -hmm. it's constantly in the back of my mind and I, and I think it's important to set outrageous goals for yourself um like outrageous goals that like you the way that I'm talking about this goal it's it's on my my post-it note right there and I think it's really important and I look at it every day because it's right in front of me I think it's really important to <clears throat> excuse me set these unrealistic goals because it drives you and motivates you even more. Like I would say the five, the five most outrageous goals that I had last year were like buy my mom a house, um, buy myself a BMW, X, Y, Z, a couple things like credit wise, fix my credit, fix this, do that and pay my student loans down. So I was able to, and I had them like in front of me every single day. So I'm sitting here talking to you and I'm looking at them right now. Um, I was able to do basically every single one of them except for buy my mom the house yet. <laughs> Yeah. But, but that that's going to be on the list, you know, but everything else that I had, literally everything else was done. Um, so even if I went six for seven or five for six, these outrageous goals, you look at them every day, you think about them, you write them down. It, it worked for me. Um, yeah. Same thing with like transaction wise. If you go back to uh, January of last year, I don't even know if I believe in this kind of stuff, but I did it anyway. I wrote down what I wanted to make, what I wanted to do transaction wise, everything. I wrote it down on like three pieces of paper, like 200 times. I was just probably in one of those moods where like you hear like a, uh, a Tom Ferry say it and you're like, oh, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So I actually physically did it and it's messed up. A year later, I, I like, I'm throwing out paper or whatever. That exact number was what I did. Transaction was off by like four, but I hit the number. I exceeded it. And I looked back at it and I like took a step back. I was like, wow, that's kind of almost like eerie. You know, like that was exactly what I wrote down. and That's exactly what I did. So sorry to get off on a tangent but no, no, no for real like that that's actually really amazing and I, I actually agree with you like when i was the when the, in my most productive like real estate sales years like mm -hmm. that was what i did too like i had my vision board i set up like, exactly what i wanted and it was like ridiculous like i wanted to like buy a motorcycle <laughs> and 
yeah. <laughs> and do all this other stuff. However, I didn't get that, but I also had really amazing experiences because I just changed my thought. But the, the process of traveling was a big thing for me. And yeah. I was able to, tra- tra- like, thank God, like travel to like 26 different countries and do all this amazing. traveling. I didn't do it on a motorcycle, <laughs> but I, I still got to travel. I still got to see the world and I yeah. still kind of lived the life that I wanted to live in that moment. Right. That's one of the things that for me too is was I never was um, I never went on vacation at, when I was younger, really, you know, unfortunately. So one of my things like in my little office here in my house is a map. And this right. is also part of, you know, the little vision board and the goals that I have is I wanted to see a lot of different areas with my with my girlfriend, Grace. So that was part of like the outrageous goals, too, was to be able to listen, put in four or five months of just steady or even three months, seven days a week, steady, hard work, you know, grind your fingers to the bone. And then listen, if you can sneak away for four or five days and refresh and restart in a different country with a pina colada or a margarita, listen to Bad Bunny, then you're good. You know? <laughs> I, I like how you threw Bad Bunny in there. Um, <laughs> so in regards to um, like, your, what, what is the come for? Like, what do you feel is like your next year? Like, what, what, what are your goals this, this time around? You said you had a couple of goals in regards to like buying your mom a house. Is buying your mom a house still on the goal list? Still number one, yeah. It, it will be number one. For her Mother's Day and her, and her birthday, she got a new barbecue, new mailbox, uh, clothes. We got her a nice new bag, so that was really cool. But that's definitely on the vision board. Unfortunately, with COVID, that might take a little bit longer. But um, my immediate goals um, that are also maybe a little bit outrageous is uh, I want to take more of a leadership uh, role and position uh, within the community and YPN. So I think that my experience and I think that um, you know what I've been through and what I've been able to do now um, I think a lot of people can relate to it and especially our age, you know, I think. Yeah. So I really want to take a further step in my leadership position. So we just did a, um, a give back of $10,000, which was like some of our contributions, but also some people had donated. Uh, we took all of that money. We bought a ton of food and we went to uh, the local hospitals around here, like Good Samaritan, Stony Brook, St. Charles, Mather Hospital. Um, we did like stop and shop. So we fed stop and shop employees nice. uh, we did a couple of yeah, veterans same calls. thing almost like we almost did the same thing yeah, I got, yeah too yeah we i partnered with um um david dave i actually don't know his last name but he's like his handle is david the closer uh-huh. um me and, <laughs> and he actually did all the big ups to him big shout out to him but he came up with the whole idea he kind of put it in emotion and it was i was so grateful to be even even a part of it or even like you know even help out um but yeah we he partnered with a restaurant he paid for like the meals he got people to donate for the meals and we were just feeding hospitals yeah so so that's basically what we just did so as part of my media goals i, I want to follow in you know mark donnelly kyle kelly beth Lowe, chris backus john mcsherry i, I want to follow in their footsteps um one of my outrageous goals is i want to be ypn president right now um in my first year they they awarded me the top 20 under 40 for ypn um, so that helped my business out a lot. And they, um, I also am now a director for YPN. So, you know, I'm kind of trying to, to climb and I'm trying to get into that leadership position. So luckily I have them in my corner and they're helping me and they're, you know, I ask them questions and, you know, they give me advice and they help me. So, you know, that's kind of like my next immediate goal is, is I want to, um, I have so many good ideas, like so many really, really cool ideas for the YPN and the future of it. And they've all done such a great job uh, in their positions and their roles and for the YPN and growing it. And I think that now I, I can be able to, with them in my corner helping me, I think I can now take like what they've built and take some of these ideas and just blow it out of the water and get, get a lot of new young, um, not even young, young at heart, it doesn't matter, um, agents involved in it and really make it like something very, very special. 
So that's my one of my immediate goals is I really want to, uh, you know, become further in YPN, MLS, LIBOR, that kind of stuff. Awesome, man. That's really, really awesome. I was really looking forward to that uh, dodgeball thing. Yeah, right? That was a good, good idea, right? Yeah, it was actually you know, you want to know what's funny about that, too? I kind of, uh, not like glad, but it was pretty funny because I, so I came up with a couple ideas for Charles, and one of them was that. One of them was a, um, a roast, so we maybe, like, roast him. Yeah. Uh, and for people that don't know, we're talking about the uh, Man of the Year and Woman of the Year campaign for Leukemia Lymphoma Society. Our friend Charles was uh, running Handsome Homebuyer for Man of the Year, and everything kind of got a little wacky with COVID, but um, I came up with a dodgeball idea, and so I'm texting my girlfriend, like, just got my butt kicked all day, you know, like, one of those days where, like, you get home and you're just like, oh, no. So I text Charles the idea. I come up with it. So I'm texting my girlfriend. I'm like, I really hope I don't get to this meeting and, like, see that, that I'm the one, you know, organizing it. Like, I just had the idea, you know. And I don't even think Charles knows this either. Like, so I guess he'll find out now. So I get to the packet. I look at it. I'm like, oh, thank God. Like, you know, it's not here. I'm not running it. Text my girlfriend. Whew, like, not just a bullet. I turn it over like this. And it says, dot <laughs> event run by Dan O'Neill. I'm like, oh, God, you know, I've never, never planned an event in my life. So that's a little funny tidbit that I don't think anybody knows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes you got to just wing it. You just got to go with it, right? right? You, the events kind of plan themselves sometimes. You just got to exactly. be that person putting it all together. But yeah. I mean, it's been, it's been awesome, man. Um, I really do appreciate you taking time to even get on this podcast. And just, I, like, I appreciate you even having me. Yeah, man. And we actually never really got a chance to like actually have a full conversation because mm -hmm. we were always so busy and stuff. So some yeah. right now I've had the opportunity to actually connect with a lot of good people, right? Like a lot of good people that I feel are going to really change the industry and really impact the industry in a positive way. So, um, you know, man, I really, if there's any way that I can support you in you becoming president of YCN, uh, what was it? YPN. Y I'm messing up my words right now. YPN. Or, um, you know, if there's any event that you want to run that you need help with, please give me a call. I'm, I'm happy to be of service. Absolutely. I appreciate you even having me on this. It was an honor. Um, and I actually, I had a lot of fun. I, I, where did the hour go? I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I, I, I realized it was an hour. That's the only reason why I'm cutting it off. Cause I, <laughs> I would still be chatting it up. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, it was a pleasure, man. We will definitely, we got to do this again for sure. Yeah, we'll definitely do a follow up episode to see where you are in the next year. If you bought your mama's house, <laughs> bought, the, bought your mama a house. And then, um, you know, we can celebrate and have a, a housewarming. All right, man. I appreciate it. Listen, thank you again for having me. Stay safe, stay healthy. I'll talk to you soon. All right, brother. Thank you so much. And again, guys, this is brought to you for by Design for Realtors and e-commerce geared to adding value to real estate agents. So go check that out. Uh, a lot of good products up there for realtors. If you want to time block, we have planners. If you want uh, marketing material, we got marketing material. We also got some courses up there as well. Can you send me a, uh, can I, can I purchase one of those buy, sell, invest uh, t-shirts? Yeah, for sure. For sure. If you want, I'll definitely do a link and I'll give you send a Send me the link. Yeah. I, mean, I like that shirt a lot. Cool. You'll get a discount. All right, <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, brother. All right, bro. Thank you so much again. I'll talk to you soon. See you, man.